Reporting from Cisco Security Intelligence Operations, this is the Cyber Risk Report. The Cyber Risk Report is a strategic intelligence product created by Cisco analysts that highlights current security issues in mid- to long-range perspectives. The report addresses various risk management categories, such as vulnerability, physical, legal, trust, identity, human, and geopolitical. This report covers the period from April 28th to May 4th, 2014. Cisco Live 2014 is quickly approaching, scheduled for May 18th through the 22nd in San Francisco. With an extensive schedule of sessions, keynotes, and partner presentations, Cisco Security will be providing multiple security track sessions with the latest research, threat analysis, product updates, and best practices. Registration is open and sessions are filling up quickly. Attendees can also register to meet the engineers and join us for the Table Topics lunches to discuss the latest security activity. Vulnerability activity dropped slightly this period. The period highlights include continued activity related to the Microsoft Internet Explorer, Adobe Flash Player, and Apache Struts 2 vulnerabilities. While vendors also continued to provide software updates for the Heartbleed OpenSSL vulnerability. The Cisco Sourcefire Vulnerability Research Team has published a detailed analysis of the Internet Explorer Zero Day Anatomy of an Exploit, CVE 2014-1776. To read the analysis, go to www.snort.org VRT. The monthly metrics for April and the annual 2014 metrics to date show a small increase again this year. At the end of April 2014, the IntelliShield alerts increased 6.1% for the first four months of 2014, with the largest change coming in a decrease in new alerts. We have been tracking the new alert metric closely, which has shown the largest percentage of increase over the past three years. However, this month alone may have altered that trend due to the large number of updated alerts for vulnerabilities like the Heartbleed OpenSSL and other vulnerabilities that impacted a large number of product updates. In addition, the spam metrics continue to show a large number of updated alerts as the spam with well-known and effective themes continue to be modified in attempts to bypass spam filters and reach new users. New vulnerabilities this period include the release of Mozilla Firefox 29 that corrected 14 vulnerabilities, including 5 rated critical. New vulnerabilities were also reported in FreeBSD, Nginx Web Server, and Symantec Desktop Encryption. Cisco released security advisories for the Cisco Telepresence System MXP series and the Cisco Telepresence TC and TE software. Fish Labs reported a new voice phishing campaign targeting users' ATM card information and is reported to have impacted an estimated 250 cards per day for criminals. These cold call campaigns continue to be of increasing use with criminal organizations, following the previously reported campaigns using Microsoft technical support themes and targeting Netflix, Gmail, and AOL account holders. Akamai Prolexic Security Engineering and Response Team released a blog post and advisory on an attack campaign targeting Windows XP users, and the Cisco Sourcefire VRT published additional analysis of the Lights Out exploit kit. Trend Micro released an update on the evolution in the Russian Underground Revisited report. IntelliShield published 151 events last week that included 96 new events and 55 updated events. 
These alerts are available via the IntelliShield Alert Manager service. For more information, visit www.cisco.com go slash IntelliShield. In the Internet of Things news, two reports this week highlight the security challenges of developing Internet of Things devices. The first was a report of researchers manipulating traffic signals by not attacking the signals directly, but by manipulating the wireless sensors that trigger the signals. Researchers found that the information and commands from the sensors were insecure and did not use encryption when communicating with the signal controllers. This allowed the researchers to monitor and inject commands into the controllers, changing the signals. The researchers were also able to perform the attacks locally by using a drone to carry a small device within range of the sensor's wireless signals. An additional story which received widespread media coverage, a family was awakened by shouting voices coming from their infant's bedroom. When they investigated, the voices were coming from a baby monitor that had been compromised by an attacker. The attacker then turned the camera to point at the father as he entered the room and shouted at him before the father removed the connections to the camera. Much like the recent experience with Industrial Control Systems, ICS, many of these already deployed IoT devices use proprietary protocols and do not include basic security features. While the continued development of these devices includes corrections to these security issues, those already deployed will need updating and securing. Like many ICS systems, many of the manufacturers did not design easy methods for updating and patching these systems. Many baby monitors and consumer devices now have software updating capabilities available, but they can be more complicated than applying automated patches to a PC, tablet, or smartphone. Businesses and consumers need to check with their vendors for software updates, notification services, and instructions for installing the updates and keep these devices updated to prevent known exploits and attacks. Businesses and consumers should also add the questions about security features and the availability of software updates to their selection process to ensure they will be able to secure and maintain these devices. In the Identity Risk Management category, the National Institute for Standards and Technology, NIST, is beginning trials of federated identity systems for two state government agencies. The pilot program of the National Strategy for Trusted Identities in Cyberspace will begin in Michigan and Pennsylvania to determine the merits and disadvantages of the system. Unlike some businesses, such as banks, government agencies tend to have relatively few transactions per client, resulting in a high percentage of identity enrollments per transaction, which tends to frustrate users. A federated identity system would allow a user to enroll once in the identity system and then reuse those credentials across multiple logins and websites. Collections of personally identifiable information will always be the target of information thieves. This identity system will be a source of a tremendous amount of information about users and the authentication patterns of those users. With federated identity systems in use now, it is the decision of the individual whether to use them. The Internet driver's license and other such mandated identity systems potentially remove the choice from the individual, forcibly gathering their credentials into a common store. The more PII gathered in one place, the more attractive it is for hackers. The best advice may be to use these systems only after they have gained some mainstream acceptance and security analysts have spent some time looking for exploits. One thing is certain, these identity stores will be probed for weaknesses, if and when they are found, they will be exploited. 
Finally, in the trust risk management category, there were two important changes in the practices of delivering advertising tailored to users and tracking users' activity through their browsers. The World Wide Web Consortium's Tracking Protection Working Group and the advertising industry announced that they would provide a one-click method for users to opt out of data collection. In a second report, Yahoo announced that it would no longer support the Do Not Track policy and provide a personalized experience that provides the users with options for privacy settings. We have all experienced multiple possible privacy solutions from across the industries, vendors, and privacy advocates, and few seem to have provided much privacy protection or been widely adopted. The Do Not Track agreement was built into many of the popular browsers and supporting websites, but it has always been a request not to track, not a binding agreement to prevent tracking. The new opt-out proposal from the advertising industry and the World Wide Web Consortium is another plan that is yet to be seen or adopted. Users will continue to be challenged in protecting their privacy, understanding and configuring their browser and system settings, and understanding what information they are willing to provide or block based on their own preferences and experiences. It is not likely to change in the near future, making this a high-priority topic for businesses, schools, and community training events to emphasize. This concludes the Cyber Risk Report for this week. To read the full report, visit www.cisco.com slash go slash SIO and select the Cyber Risk Reports link. Tune in for next week's report from Cisco Security Intelligence Operations. Thanks for listening, and stay safe.